Now, a leading New Zealand expert in international affairs says it is imperative the government calls for a ceasefire in Gaza. Professor Robert Patman, the University of Otago's Director of International Studies, says a country the size of New Zealand depends on the rules-based system. And by not demanding a ceasefire where humanitarian laws are being ignored, we are punching below our weight. This comes after the US exercised its veto power at the UN Security Council to block a resolution calling for an end to the fighting. Professor Patman joins me now. Kia ora, good morning. Now, to be honest, I was slightly confused. I spoke to the Prime Minister about this this morning, but he seemed to suggest that we were we were a co-sponsor of this resolution that went to the UN Security Council. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I wasn't familiar with that, but I'm pleased to hear it, and I think it's it's very important. Does that make sense, though? Because isn't that slightly different than our position that we reiterated just last week in Parliament? Well, it seemed to be. Uh, it seemed to be an evolution because... Uh, I certainly think New Zealand should be firmly backing the United Nations uh, Secretary General Antonio Guterres' call for an immediate cease, humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, last week, um, in Parliament, uh, Mr Peters moved a motion in which he called uh, for all parties involved to take urgent steps toward uh, a lasting ceasefire. So, yes, there may have been some evolution in the New Zealand position, I think. Mm. Well, we'll perhaps seek a bit of clarification on that. But let's just, for people at home, this yep. the nuance. Steps towards a ceasefire is not a full call for a ceasefire. Why is the significance important? Uh, I think it, it's important because for the last two months, the world has largely watched as, first of all, a horrendous terrorist attack by Hamas on Israel killed 1,200 Israelis and the taking of more than roughly 240 hostages. And that was followed uh, by what Mr Netanyahu called a policy, or, or he vowed a stance of mighty vengeance. And that's been a relentless military response. And that's involved uh, aerial bombardment and the ground offensive. And that has had catastrophic consequences. And many would see uh, the response of Israel as not corresponding to humanitarian law. One of the first things Mr Netanyahu did was to cut off uh, water, uh, fuel and energy to the Gaza Strip, which, by the way, had already been under a 16-year year blockade. Um, and that the results of that have been catastrophic. As we've seen during the last two months, there's been at least three attempts to get UN Security Council resolutions passed, which have been vetoed by the United States, to end this situation. We're talking about more than 17,000 Palestinian civilians, many of whom, about 70%, according to the UN, are women and children, and about 75% of Gazans have been displaced. So what this seems to be is a disproportionate response, and I think at this point in time, it's very difficult to see how more of the same is going to improve the situation. The argument being from Israel, though, and the US, is that if they were to stop, it would still enable Hamas to regroup and do another October 7. Is that credible? I don't think that's credible because there's no evidence uh, after seven or eight weeks uh, that Hamas is on the verge of collapse. And the other thing to take into account here, Israel's attempt to annihilate Hamas... I'm not even sure it's possible. As Mr. Peters said, there's no military solution um, to this problem, which is a political problem, which is the clash between Israel's desire for security 
and the Palestinians' desire, long-standing desire for self, political self-determination and statehood. So there's no military solution, really. And uh, the other thing is it's worrying. It, Israel's continued attempt to ha- uh, annihilate Hamas through the application of ever greater amounts of military power runs the risk of politically boosting Hamas. What do I mean by that? Let's just put yourself in the shoes of Palestinian civilians who had nothing to do with the Hamas attack, and yet they're losing members of their family, maybe their children, their brothers or sisters, because of the Israeli bombardment. They're not going to be well disposed towards Israel, and that's only going to make Israel more insecure in the long run. So continuation of the current stance is actually not going to make Israel more secure in the long run. The only thing that's going to do that is a political initiative. The U.S. is interesting in this case. So a couple of things. Obviously, they have vetoed, used their veto power. That's something New Zealand has opposed for a very long time, the use of veto. Uh, But also they seem to have approved uh, military aid, uh, ammunition, without going through the Senate or the Congress. Uh, So they are very much still firmly in the camp of Israel. Is that isolating the U.S. globally, and does it run the risk of widening this conflict into the likes of Iraq and uh, Yemen and other places. Yes, I, I think the United. I, I find the United States position contradictory. On the one hand, America has been very supportive of Israel from the word go in terms of providing munitions. We heard from the Wall Street Journal last week: a hundred bunker buster bombs have gone, and uh, is is providing round the clock support. And by implication, the United States weapons are being used in the, you know, the killing of some civilians, uh, many civilians in, 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 the, in Gaza Strip. On the other hand, Anthony Blinken says they're doing everything possible to ameliorate the, co- the humanitarian consequences of the, aid they're give, the military aid they're giving. And well, well we, should, sure. we should stress here, shouldn't we, that yeah. Israel and the US are adamant. They are not targeting civilians. I mean, that's the key point when people accuse them of genocide or accuse Israel of genocide. They argue quite clearly they're not trying to kill civilians. They're trying to kill Hamas. Well, but why then did you cut? Why would Israel, um, I think that is the intent to avoid civilian casualties. But why would you launch the sort of continuous aerial bombardment, maintain a blockade and, and actually intensify the blockade? Uh, these people have got nowhere to go, and it's a complex, highly dense... They didn't send in a special forces operation to target Hamas. They carried out almost a conventional-style military assault. And uh, the civilian casualties are just horrific. Uh, they, they, you know, it's all very well saying we don't mean to kill civilians, but if you continue to do this, more and more civilians are going to be killed, and, in fact, Israel, in the long run, is going to become more and more insecure. It's not going to actually... And even if you eliminate Hamas, you're not going to destroy the Palestinian desire for self-determination. So this problem has to be faced. And uh, we do need a high-level initiative when this conflict ends to basically reconcile the Palestinians' desire for self-determination with the Israelis' desire for security. Uh, There's got to be a high-level initiative. Indeed. Thank you very much for your thoughts. Really appreciate that. That is Professor Robert Patman from the University of Otago, Director of its International Studies.